0: And this morning the title of my message is Communication. It is the lifeline of any relationship. Now this morning I want us to be able to have a conversation about communication and I want us to be able to grow in our understanding about communication being the lifeline of our relationships, being the lifeline to health in our relationships, to being the lifeline to clarity in our relationships and the lifeline to freedom in our relationships. And Bottom line is communication is the lifeline in any of our relationships. Now, being able to communicate um, well, no matter what type of relationship it is, whether it's um, marriage, whether it's friendships, whether it's acquaintances, whether it's your work colleagues, whatever it looks like, it is so important to get communication right. Now, I just have to put this clause in. I am not, um, I haven't arrived in this domain of communication. You know, I've been a part of life you see now, the 16 going on 17 years. So what that means is that I have grown up in this church, as in grown up, growing up. You've probably watched me in relationships with friends and trying to, you know, make mistakes. And uh, I haven't always got communication right. But myself, like you, want to be able to do it well and better. And I, myself, like you, really want to be able to reflect the Holy Spirit Um, when we engage with people in our world and as we communicate. Now, I like the top of communication so much, not because I like to talk so much, which I do. And you'll probably notice that I like to talk really fast. But I like communication a lot and I like it so much. I'm studying a master's in social and organisational leadership, but my specialisation is communication. It's so important. It's such an important tool as a Christian to know how to do communication well. But what I've realized um, in my studies is that there is so much literature, there are so many books, there are so many TED Talks, there are so many YouTube clips you can look up on communication and they're all very good. But the question that we should be asking ourselves this morning is this, what does the Bible say about communication? The Bible has a lot to say about communication in our relationships, has a lot. The Bible has laid out so many incredible principles in how we do relationships well, but also how we can communicate well in our relationships. And these principles that it lays out, which we'll unpack a few of them this morning, principles simplify our lives. I'm going to say it again. As we understand the Bible and we apply the principles, these principles, they simplify our lives. You know, if I could in every aspect or every domain of my life apply biblical principles, I probably would avoid relationship problems or communication issues because they're there. they lay it out so simply. I really love this quote. Uh, It's from a person called Nat Turner and they say this, Good communication is a bridge between confusion and clarity. I love that. Good communication is a bridge between commun- sorry, confusion and clarity. So today, as we talk about communication, there's a few things that we're going to cover. We're going to talk about what communication is, why it's so important, some tools, uh, different types of communication, but most importantly, we're going to talk about uh, biblical, the biblical principles behind communication. But before we kick start into it, I'm just going to show a little clip around why, communi- a fun clip on communication. So let's turn to the screen. Communication one. The power of one. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. That was good. That's good. What are you listening to. So, what is this? What are you listening to? What. What, what is. What. Are you... Buy me a new watch. Do so I want to make you do the washing? <laughs> do you do? want to buy me a new watch? Do I want to buy a new watch? No. No watch. (laughs) Do you want to go on a date? Do you want to go go on a date? Do you want to- What (laughs) are they sweating? Do you want to go on a- Do you want another baby? Do I want uh, a big Christmas present? No. Do you want another baby? Do I want a... Baby. Baby. Mac. Baby. Big Mac? Baby. Paper. Baby. Baby. Do you want another baby? Do I want to have another baby? No. (laughs) You don't like flowers, do you? You don't like flowers. Do I love flowers? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, you like flowers. Yes, I love flowers. hmm Okay. Okay. <laughs> Communication one-on-one. The power of one. Oh. There you go. There's some insight as to how we sometimes communicate. We don't always have headphones to block the sound. But we're going to continue. So what is communication? So communication is a transfer of information from one place to another place, or from one person to another person. You know, in our relationships, communication allows us to uh, uh, explain where we're coming from, what our experiences are, or even to be able to communicate what our needs are. Communication matters because it is our tool to be able to love on people. It is our tool to be able to encourage. It is our tool to be able to build people up. It's our tool to be able to show kindness, to empower, to equip. And most importantly, as Christians, it's our tool to be able to share the good news of Jesus. In Proverbs 15 verse four, it says, gentle words bring life and health. Gentle words bring life and health. And yet the same tool of communication, which can be used so powerfully in one way, can be used in another way. The same tool, tool can be used to bring fear. The same tool can be used to create mistrust, to bring division and to create uncertainty. Now, I don't know about you, but I would love it if I could communicate exactly what I'm saying with the right tone, with the right you know, body language, um, the right timing. There's so many little different things that are part of communication, but I don't get it right all the time. And I would imagine whether you're at home or if you're here today, you probably face some of these struggles as well. But communication matters so much in our relationships. And I love that in in Mark 12, verse 30 to 31, it says this, and Jesus is talking to his audience and he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And then he says also, love your neighbour as you love yourself. And he finishes with, it, with this, there is no commandment greater than these. And so what we can draw from that is that God is telling us our main goal, like he said all these uh, commandments in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament his, he says, these are your two things that you do. You love God and you love people well. Simple as that. And so what we find our mission is in our relationships and our mission in communication is the motivation is love. It's undergirded by love love is why communication matters so well and in Colossians 3 verse 14 it says this and regardless of whatever else you put on wear love it is your basic all-purpose garment never be without it so whenever we are communicating we're to do so with a reminder that we love the people that we're communicating with because they're made in the image of God they're just as important to God as you are And Paul reminds us in Ephesians that we're to put on love. So it's kind of a little nudge to say that we might not actually be wearing it right now. So when you're about to get into uh, a discussion or a dialogue or a conversation with someone in your world, put on love as you communicate. So what that looks like is that when we're talking to the person, when we're in conversation, we're talking to them in a way that they can receive love. We're talking to them in a way, in a manner that they know that we care for them. And we're doing it in a way that they know that our intentions that are toward them are actually for them. In Colossians 4 verse 6, it says this, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Communication, you're not going to get everything today. It's going to be a lifelong lesson for everyone here, if you're at home as well. It's something that we probably will never perfect. But progression is a goal in how we communicate. And if we could each just inch forward daily in our relationships, because we're a bit more intentional, we're applying biblical principles in our relationships, it would be very healthy for us. And I've lost my spot. Sorry, just one second. Communication is vital in each one of our relationships. It's so important. You know, communication is not just about our words. It's about your tone. It's about body language. It's about what you say. It's about what you don't say. It's about face expressions. In my car, I can look in the mirror back at our kids. And as I ask them a question, my daughter can look at me and just lift her eyebrows like that. And we both know exactly what she's saying. You know, every relationship that we have, you will have the opportunity if you haven't already done so, to be able to experience some form of conflict or some type of tension and that's a given in our relationships because we're all human. But how we handle that tension and how we handle that conflict uh, is going to affect the depth of that relationship, is going to affect uh, the purpose and the longevity of that relationship. And in Proverbs 12 verse 18, it says this, some people like to make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise soothe and heal. You know, it takes emotional um, maturity to be able to be in a conversation with somebody and to be able to filter their words, their actions, and their unspoken communication through a grid of grace. I'm going to say it one more time. It takes emotional maturity to be in a conversation with somebody and to filter their words, their actions, their unspoken communication through a grid of grace. And Stephen Furtick says this, he says, before I caught a feeling, I caught a thought. So what he's saying is, when I catch my thoughts towards a person that I'm having a conversation with, that I'm in relationship with, if you find that, that those thoughts could be destructive or unpleasant or negative, uh, you're going to reap an attitude of frustration towards that person. Now, it's going to be very difficult if you have an attitude that's frustrated and you're already having negative thoughts because they weren't so positive to start off with, to be able to communicate in a way that conveys the love of Jesus to that person who is made in the image of God. So when you communicate, you'll find that what's sitting under the, underneath, it'll surface because your thoughts towards them will show, your attitudes towards them will show and it'll surface. So important thing to learn about ourselves today are the different types of communicators. Um, So as I read them out, you might think, well, that's me in one situation, that's me in another situation. We kind of move around and that's okay, but these are our defaults. This is not where we have to sit, but we're going to go through them. There is the passive communicator. So they are They are compliant people pleasers. They are nice to people, uh, but their inability to express their thoughts and feelings leads uh, to a buildup of sometimes pressed anger and frustration. The aggressive communicator. They are defensive, demanding, uh, sometimes accusational, and this allows them to feel like they're right um, and more more secure in themselves. The rationalistic communicator. They show no feelings, they're just pretty logical communicate with logic, the evasive communicator avoids meaningful communication by joking, jumping around from subject to subject and the honest assertive communicator, they're open and honest with their feelings, they take responsibility of how they feel and this is the healthiest form of communication. Now this is how the world frames communication, the world that we live in Um, and it helps us to work out what our defaults are and that's good but we are called to a higher calling if you believe in Jesus and you call him your saviour You as a Christian are called to a higher calling. What that means is that we search out what the Bible says about how to do relationships well, how to communicate well, how do we apply godly principles when we communicate with those that we're in relationship with and then we act accordingly. You know, when I read 1 Corinthians 13, which you probably hear at different weddings that you go to, it unpacks what love is. But my Bible says that God is love. And as someone who um, does life on this very short term world, my goal and, our, and our, our goal is to be able to reflect what our Father in heaven um, is like, to be able to reflect what His character is like. And His character is love. So I'm just going to read 1 Corinthians 13 a little bit differently. When I communicate, I never give up on the relationship. When I communicate, I care for others more than myself. When I communicate... It's not about me getting my own way. When I communicate, I don't strut. When I communicate, I don't have a swelled head. When I communicate, I don't force myself on others and my ideas. When I communicate, it isn't always about me first. When I communicate, I don't keep the score of our relationship and when there's been wrongs. When I communicate, I don't revel on the other person groveling. But instead, I, take, um, I treasure the truth. Instead, I can apply a grid of grace. Instead, I can look for the best and hope for the best in our relationships. You know, the ancient Greeks had four translations of the word love. One was eros, one was storg, one was philea, one was agape. And when Paul speaks here in 1 Corinthians 13, he's using agape. Now agape love, it gives and loves because it wants to. It's not demanding or expecting repayment in the relationship, in your conversation, in the dialogue that you're having. It has little to do with emotion and more to do with self-denial for the other person. So the agape love that we apply in our relationships, what Paul is talking about, it's self-denial for the other person. Good thing to remember when you're in conflict, when you're having communication. Now, how do we manage conflict in our communication? Conflict is inevitable in any of our relationships, if if you've been in a relationship long enough. But to keep a relationship strong, both parties need to feel like they've been heard. Now, uh, healthy conflict can help you grow, grow closer and that's okay. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is, is it healthy conflict or is it unhealthy drama? Work out which one it is. So if you're gonna take notes, here's a few good ones when it comes to skills in conflict. Number one, make sure that you're fighting fair. Lay like some ground rules. Make sure that you're fighting fair. Keep, keep your focus that the person that you're having uh, this conversation with, you care about them, you love them, and they're made in the image of God. Don't attack someone directly with your language. Don't say you are. Use words like I feel. So when you did this, you made me feel like this. It's a softer way to be able to engage with the way, how you're, way that you're feeling. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says this. I will encourage others and build other people up. It's important to remember, in moments of tension, in conflict, in our relationships, don't drag old arguments into the mix. Be willing to forgive. You know, resolving conflict or um, relationships—if there's been a, a split, if you if you walked away from relationships—you can resolve them through forgiveness. We apply forgiveness. There's a lot of resolving that can take place. One Peter four eight says this. I will have fervent love for one another above all things, for love covers a multitude of sins. If tempers flare, take a break, walk away for a minute, get yourself sorted so you can come back um, with a fresh breath. Ephesians four twenty five says, "Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are one members and we are for one another." It's okay to have conflict and tension, but remember that you're one for one another. And if you need to, and you can, let it go. And remember the goal in our communication. And if we have any conflict or tension, it's not to win. We're not trying to win in our relationships, but to maintain and strengthen them. So just here's some quick tools in relationships. Communication is a lifeline of any of our relationships. And one of the most important things that we can learn is active listening. You're at home, say active listening. If you're in the auditorium, say active listening. James 1 verse 9 says this, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Active listening is a very important part of communication in your relationships, doesn't matter what your relationship is, work, family, even just um, informal relationships, listening and, and respecting one another. So here's some good tips um, in regards to active listening. Keep eye contact when you're talking with someone. Let them know that you're present. Lean towards them. If you're having a conversation, use gestures and show them that you're interested in what they have to say. Have um, open and relaxed posture. Don't you know, talk with them with your arms folded or your legs crossed. Let them know that you're, that you're open to what they're, they're communicating to you. Face the person, don't go sideways. Don't have your phone out, be present put the phone aside, engage in conversation, let them know that you're listening to them, mute your phone if you need to, let the other person speak without interruption. It's really important that they know that you're listening to them and be aware of your tone. Another important part of communication is affirmation. Affirmation is so important in our relationships. When we communicate encouragement and in Ephesians 4.29 it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good is for the building up as for the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Affirmation involves praise and encouragement, putting courage into the other person, remembering that they're made in the image of God. And it's an positive part of our um, communication and relationships. Negotiation, Effective negotiation can help both parties feel like they've been hurt. Uh, It maintains the self-esteem of both people who are engaging in this negotiation, both trying to get something out of it. And it allows them to both participate um, in trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. Part of of negotiation is listening. Now, there's a model called the listening and reflective back model. I'm going to give you a little sample example. So person one, they communicate their point of view. They do it with the other person, not interrupting. Person number two then um, relays what the person number one has said, says it back to them so that they know that they've been heard. Person number one can then go back and say, hang on, um, you missed this part Or this is what I was trying to say. Active listening is listening repeating and you swap the role so the other person can then have their turn so you can clarify, so you can negotiate. It's super important. The last one is boundaries and expectations. We each have opportunity to have broken expectations in our relationships, but communication helps us to be able to set the boundaries um, and articulate what's going on inside of us. So boundaries and expectations are so important in each of our relationships, doesn't matter what it is, work, family, friendships, romantic, dating, engaged, whatever it looks like, it's so important. And we don't have the time today to unpack boundaries, but if I could tell you one author who has a stack of books, a stack of resource on boundaries, uh, it's John Townsend and Henry Cloud. They have a lot of books on boundaries and they're really helpful. But to wrap it up this morning, as we have looked at communication, the lifeline to any relationship, Think that we we'll probably have to take away this one thing, that we're never going to arrive, we're never probably going to get perfect in this space, but it's about progression, and God cares about our relationships, and He cares about how that we do them healthy, not just for our own uh, mental health, but how it reflects um, heaven as well and I love that he lays out so clearly in his principles this is how you do relationships this is how you do communication try this use this and then in James 1:5, he says if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask God who generously to without um, to all without reproach and it will be given to him so not only does it give us everything that we need but he goes in those moments that you're stuck in those moments that there feels like there's tension in those moments ask for wisdom and I'll give it to you You know, this morning, my goal was to be able to give some skills, you know, unpack what the Bible says around communication. But I couldn't go any further without being able to touch on something that is so important that I get the privilege to be able to have, which is a relationship with Jesus. And, you know, before as I was speaking, I said, God is love. And not only is that true, not only is that God is love, is God loves you. You know, when I was a child, my mum used to say to me a lot, it's not because you're good and it's not because you've been naughty. It's not because you've done the wrong thing or bad behavior. Bad behave. How do you say that? Behave badly. Thanks, Sam. Um, it's because I love you, Katie. That's what she'd say. It's not because you've done something wrong. It's not because you've done something right. It's because I love you because I'm your mother. And that's what God says to us today. It's not what you've done in the past. It's not what you might plan to do in the future. I love you. I want relationship with you. I wanna be able to have relationship with you today.